0: Hello, it's Tuesday, the 2nd of January, and welcome to a new year with Korea 24. I'm your host, Kwon Jiao. The Democratic Party chief Lee Jae-myung is in hospital for non-life-threatening injuries after he was stabbed in the neck by a member of the public in Busan. We'll have more details in news briefing shortly. North Korean leader Kim Jong-un ruled out the possibility of unifying with South Korea during the recent end-of-year party meeting. We discuss the implications of this statement and what 2024 might bring in inter-Korean affairs for our in-depth today. And coming up for Touch Basins Hall, we talk to Matei Kirk of the whole Udi Card Udi One, who are flying high in the domestic volleyball league. Let's begin, Korea 24. What you're hearing now are screams and shouts that erupted after Main Opposition Democratic Party Chair Yi Jae-myung was attacked on Tuesday while on a visit to the southeastern port city of Busan. The sounds were captured by cameras that were rolling on site. Multiple members of the public caught the incident on their smartphones as well. Our KBS World Radio news editor, Koo Hee-jin, joins us in the studio now to brief us on the attack, as well as our other headlines of the day. Hee-jin, hello. Hello, jang So this is a shocking and dramatic start to the new year. Mm -hmm. The opposition leader fell to the ground bleeding, but the injury on his neck is not life-threatening, according to doctors. Mm -hmm. First, what can you tell us about the attack itself?
1: Well, an unidentified man attacked the left side of Lee neck at around 10.30 Tuesday morning. The main opposition chief was speaking to reporters after checking the site of delayed construction at a new airport on Kadog Island in the uh, nation's southeastern coast. The suspect in his late 60s approached the DP chief pretending to be a supporter before attacking him with a weapon at around 18 centimetres long. He was uh, transported by helicopter to a local hospital some 20 minutes after the attack, having received medical treatment on site for a wound around 1.5 centimetres long, which was later described as not life threatening. The opposition chief is now being treated at the Seoul National University Hospital for laceration damage to his jungular vein, according to doctors there. Uh, Medical experts say that a laceration to the adjacent carotid artery could have been life threatening.
0: And what of the assailant?
1: Well, the suspect was apprehended at the scene of the crime and the police are investigating him for attempted murder. According to the Busan Gangsa Police Station, the sus- uh, suspect kept mum as he was taken into custody immediately after the attack and is continuing to exercise his right to remain silent. National Police Agency Commissioner General uh, Yun called for a thorough investigation into the attack, ordering the Busan Metropolitan police to establish an investigation headquarters.
0: Both the ruling and opposition parties, as well as President Yoon sang expressed their shock and concern over the attack. Can you give us the details?
1: Well, the main opposition Democratic Party condemned Tuesday's armed attack on Lee Je, leader Lee myung uh, as a terrorist attack and a serious threat to democracy. DP spokesperson Kwon Chiseng met with reporters at Busan National University Hospital, denouncing the assault as something that could not have happened under any circumstance. The Ruling People Power Party also expressed concern over the attack and hoped for E's speedy recovery while urging the police to conduct a quick and thorough investigation with interim party chair Han dong issuing a condemnation while saying South Korea is a country that advocates democracy. President Yun expressed deep concern for E's safety and instructed the police and other relevant authorities to quickly get to the bottom of the case.
0: And we'll bring you more on E's health and on progress, the investigation in the days to come. Turning now to Japan, the death toll from the 7.6 magnitude earthquake that hit Ishikawa Prefecture on Monday climbed to 48 as of 3.30 p.m. Tuesday What's the latest?
1: Well, Japan's Kyoto News Agency and Wajima City, which reported the largest number of deaths, is uh, set to see the death toll rise further as some 200 buildings collapsed or were destroyed by a fire that broke out shortly after the quake. According to Japan's NHK, 33 people injured from the quake were transported to a city hospital in uh, Nananu up until uh, Monday night. 18 were... uh, reported to have suffered injuries in Toyama Prefecture, while uh, the Niigata and Fukui Prefectures saw 20 and 26 injured people respectively. The quake has also left 44,700 households in Ishikawa without power as of 8 a.m. Tuesday, and President Yun on Tuesday sent a message of condolence to Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida. Meanwhile, a tsunami with a crest as high as 85 centimetres was observed off uh, South Korea's east coast, Following the quake in Japan, the Korea Meteorological Administration said the tsunami was observed at 8.35 p.m. Monday at Muko Port in Gangwon province.
0: Turning our focus back home, President Yoon sang yeol gave his New Year's address on Monday and vowed to complete a strengthened South Korea-U.S. extended deterrence system by the first half of this year to fundamentally block nuclear and missile threats from North Korea.
1: Yes, indeed. Uh, in his New Year's address broadcast live from the top office on Monday, Yun vowed to accelerate building a three pronged system of the military. Here's what he had to say.
2: We are going to speed up the completion of the South Korean three-pronged defense system, and by the first half of this year, we will complete the South Korea-U.S. extended deterrence measures to fundamentally block North Korean nuclear missile
3: threats. (laughs) Yun <laughs>
1: also vowed to transform the military into a powerful force in science and technology based on artificial intelligence, manned and unmanned complex combat systems and cutting-edge science and technology. Yoon stressed that South Korea is building a genuine and lasting peace through uh, strength, not a peace that relies on another party's goodwill.
0: Yun on Tuesday also pledged to overcome the so-called Korea discount, afflicting local stocks with lower values or higher risk premiums compared to global assets by streamlining red tape in the capital market. Can you elaborate?
1: Well, at the Korea Exchange's annual opening ceremony on Tuesday, Yoon said the domestic stock market is very much undervalued despite many globally competitive uh, corporations in the uh, the country. Yoon, uh, who is the first sitting president to attend the event, promised to prepare short-selling reforms in accordance with his plan while pushing to abolish the application of income taxes on financial investments.
0: Meanwhile, the South Korean military started the new year with artillery exercises in Gangwon province on Monday. Can you tell us more?
1: Well, the army said that about 330 service members of an artillery brigade of the 3rd Infantry Division fired about 150 rounds of artillery during the training at the central front right, frontline area, simulating a scenario in which enemy forces open fire first. Under the scenario, the military's artillery detection radar and unmanned aerial vehicles, uh, detected the enemy provocation, which was followed by artillery shots by the brigade.
0: In North Korea, the regime has reportedly initiated discussions on dismantling organisations in charge of inter-Korean relations on the order of leader Kim Jong-un. What more do we know?
1: Well, according to the state-run Korean Central News Agency on Monday, Foreign Minister Choe Son held a uh, meeting earlier in the day with related officials, including Yi uh, Son kwon head of the Workers' Party's United Front Department, in charge of relations with South Korea. The KCNA said that the discussion was a follow-up to Kim's order to dismantle related organizations and make a fundamental change in Pyongyang's principle and policy towards Seoul during the recent key party meeting last week. At the end of the meeting, the regime leader called for measures to readjust and reform the organizations in charge of inter-Korean affairs, including the UFD, and to comprehensively change the principle and orientation of the struggle.
0: And finally, the historical drama film 1212 The Day has drawn over 12 million viewers, making it one of the most successful local films ever made. Can you tell us more?
1: Well, according to Plus M Entertainment, cumulative uh, ticket sales for the movie released on November 22nd surpass the 12 million mark on Monday. Total admissions have exceeded that of Tekuki, the Brotherhood of War, which posted 11.7 million tickets sold in 2004 and is expected to surpass the historical drama movie A Taxi Driver, which recorded 12.2 million addition, uh, admissions in 2017. The political drama, directed by Kim song soo is based on actual events during the 1979
0: military coup. That's where we wrap it up for our news briefing today. Hee-jin, thank you for those updates. Thank you. The start of a new year is often a time associated with fresh starts and renewed hopes. But this year, when it comes to inter-Korean affairs, the picture looks bleak. The divide between two Koreas appears wider than ever and prospects for negotiations with the U.S. appear ice cold. Meanwhile, North Korea continues to bolster its nuclear arsenal and capabilities. To delve into the current state of inter-Korean affairs at the dawn of this new year, we have with us in the studio today Chad O'Carroll, the founder of the North Korea-focused news outlet NK News. Mr O'Carroll, thank you for stopping by today. Thanks for the invite. I understand that you recently completed a seven-part series on NK News about what lies ahead for North Korea in 2024 and beyond based on a survey of more than 100 experts so we want to ask you what you have learned based on those findings but first let's begin by asking a more broader question how bad is the current inter-Korean and North Korea U.S. relations as we begin in 2024 it seems we've come a long way since that brief period of uh, inter-Korean rapprochement and nuclear negotiations between Kim Jong-un and the former U.S. President Donald Trump.
4: Yeah, I think things are pretty bad. Certainly on the on both fronts, the inter Korean front and the US DPRK front. On the inter Korean front, um, I mean, we've just seen news that Kim Jong Un no longer wants to pursue unification as part of the the North Korea North Korea's sort of overriding peninsula strategy um and we can delve into that maybe a little bit later but uh it's a big change i think we'll see a dismantling of some of the institutional apparatuses within north korea that have been tasked with inter-korean relations like i.e the counterparts for south korea's ministry of unification <clears throat> and um recently we've had the uh, uh uh ending of the comprehensive military agreement which was uh one of the last bits of paperwork Keeping things stable between the two Koreas from a military perspective, um, and of course last year resumption of major U.S. South Korea military exercises, which North Korea views in a threatening way, and which have uh, increased in scale to unprecedented levels in all of history on the on the Korean Peninsula. So basically, I think we are in a kind of touch and go situation where the two sides are pretty much loaded and ready for confrontation. And I don't think either side, either career wants confrontation, but it would just take accident, miscalculation, miscommunication, perhaps during a period of heightened uh, tensions. And we could be seeing, uh, you know, a quite sharp escalation that could could even turn into a limited armed conflict. And I, that's pretty dangerous, I think. On the U.S. front, uh, really, in fact, a consistent message since the failure of the Hanoi summit between Donald Trump and Kim Jong-un, that the North Koreans are no longer interested in talks with the U.S. And I think that position is uh, hardened as the years have gone on since Hanoi. And the result is that there's just zero chance that the Biden administration will be able to get any kind of talks. Uh, until there's a presidential election. And we may see a change in the White House. Perhaps that could lead to... A, well, that's a long way off. Right. That's uh, obviously coming up in November,
0: that key election in the US. So going back to a point you made earlier, you think there is a real concern, a real risk, that we might see physical
4: confrontation between the two careers this year? Uh, I think it's a possibility for sure. I don't, like I said, I don't think either career seeks it but the north koreans even spelt it out in their plenum uh this is what replaces kim jong-un's annual new year speech they said uh that they wouldn't be surprised if th- there was some kind of accident that could lead to to conflict and that the concept of war is becoming a, a a more real uh idea on the peninsula um i mean if you just cast your uh mind back to i think it was may 2020 when there was detente and peace uh, building, there was an accidental discharge by the North Koreans of uh, a round of uh, gun from one North Korean guard post in Panmunjom to a, to a South Korean one. Luckily, no one was hurt, but the South Koreans responded with two volleys of gunshots. Uh, the UN command later reprimanded both Koreas for uh, letting this happen, and on the South Korean side for that escalating. Now, if that happened in peaceful times... Uh, you really wonder what would happen if a similar exchange happened in an environment like today where Yoon is ordering his uh, soldiers to be ready to respond with uh, significant power in the event of any uh, North Korean attack, if you will. Right. And just to further
0: assess the threats that North Korea poses for South Korea and the rest of the world as well, can you update us on how advanced now is North Korea in terms of its nuclear weapons technology?
4: uh well it's got multiple long-range uh ballistic missiles that um interestingly in 2023 we saw three successful tests of its brand new solid fuel icbm and that was really quite a surprise for many observers because um you know as you know there was struggles to put a satellite into orbit last year two failures before a third success that the ICBM worked three times in a row from a new design really was quite uh, a surprise. There's, uh, the, I won't go into all the different missile types, but basically, yeah, their missile capabilities are very sophisticated right now. Uh, not just targeting the US mainland, but also South Korea. So I wouldn't want to get into a missile driven conflict with North Korea anytime soon. You mentioned the recent end-of-year plenum
0: that North Korea held. As you said, it's becoming a major annual event, providing crucial insight into its future strategic direction. It lays out for us what perhaps it may be thinking. Among the revelations that uh, they announced this year was plans to launch three additional military reconnaissance satellites uh, this year. This comes after, as you mentioned, the successful launch of its first military satellite uh, last year. Leader Kim Jong-un also called for a fundamental change in the North's principle and direction towards South Korea. He, as you said, uh, ruled out the possibility of unification with South Korea, saying that North Korea seeks a unification policy based on one nation and two systems.
4: What do you make of that what do you make of what came out of this year's plenum oh uh, well i think it's uh, a really interesting development a significant development um and one which in hindsight we might be able to trace back a few years now if you think about again when there was the sort of f- uh, peak thrust of inter-korean uh summitry, president moon Jae-in was going to north korea he brought some k-pop k-pop performers cultural icons and if you go back right then, there was no that that the footage of that was not broadcast inside North Korea. It was mm. the first clue that they were not they were worried about the spread of South Korean culture in North Korea since then uh we've seen a growing trend in North Korea of very harsh punishments for those consuming South Korean cultural content uh new laws introduced, even new laws that advocate for the use of pyongyang korean uh i e they don't want any of the the South Korean uh, words, vocab, style, uh, drifting into the the North Korean language. And then even um, when Moon was still president, we saw Kim Jong-un pretty much just close the door to inter-Korean cooperation, blowing up the liaison office uh, after the failure of the Hanoi summit. Now, that was all pre-Yoon. I think what's going on is that the North Koreans have realized that all pretty much all forms of inter-Korean contact come with an unacceptable level of risk hmm. for the the ideology of the workers party of korea so any form of contact could be a form of pollution into the north korean system and because of that i think they've realized it's probably a safer bet to abandon all these goals of unification and make sure the citizens of north korea know that this is these are enemies they, they are not our brethren and uh we shouldn't Uh, seek to emulate or engage them in in any way um i think what this means in future is really interesting because even if we have a a left-leaning government here i think what the north koreans are spelling out is there will not be things like family reunions again uh things like kaesong tourism industrial complex signs of those kinds of inter-korean cooperation way too risky for north uh hosting delegations Um, I think the North Koreans don't want that. Like You may remember there was an inter-Korean football match in 2019 that was famously attended by zero people. Um, (laughs) Mm. I think that's how we're going to see the relationship crystallize into the future. Um, And North Korea's foreign ministry will probably take the lead rather than uh, the United Front Department's uh, Committee for the Peaceful Unification of the Fatherland right so
0: it's gonna be a different body you're saying in the north in north korea that deals with anything to do with south korea say any sort of uh, cooperation so it's not just words it's not just rhetoric you're saying that we could be seeing a real significant change in how north korea uh, deals with south korea then
4: yeah um but again if you were to zoom out from the perspective of an alien visiting planet earth for the first time i think these are probably would be seen as rather technical details that you know fundamentally don't prohibit future inter-korean contact contact which i think is important it's not like they're fully shutting the door they're just changing the the lens through which that cooperation and contact takes place but i think for the for the foreseeable future we're just going to see uh, a sort of hardening of the frost that has been building mm. up in this relationship so North Korea seemingly further
0: isolating itself and distancing itself from South Korea. What have you made of what this means for South Korea as well? And what have you made of South Korea's efforts to deal with North Korea so far, particularly under the uh, President Yoon Sang yeols
4: administration? Well, I think first and foremost, what it means for South Korea is Yoon Suk-yeol probably has a greater excuse now to dismantle the Ministry of Unification. Uh, this was something Imyoung Bak, one of the former South Korean presidents, uh, suggested. Incorporate that into the foreign ministry. It probably makes more sense now. Um, but what do I make? Well, I I, I have uh, my own views that um, you can probably find out on Twitter. But. Uh, i did like you said conduct a survey of uh, over 100 experts, and i think what the aggregate perspective of the north korea watching community thinks is much more interesting than what i think so mm. um what the survey showed is we asked the respondents one question what do you think of yoon sakyal's policy the um audacious initiative and the results were pretty stark uh basically 29% of respondents uh judged it to be highly ineffective. Another twenty nine percent said it's moderately ineffective or somewhat ineffective. Um I think what a lot of people I mean that's almost sixty percent right. of people. Fifty eight percent saying that it's essentially ineffective. Yeah. And I think um yeah perhaps the only thing it's effective at thus far, and we're only eighteen months into this administration, is we've not seen any major confrontation yet between the two koreas but we have seen north korea pursue and uh develop its its sanctioned nuclear weapons programs in a way that we haven't seen under the Moon Jae-in administration uh and it's seemingly getting away with it and we've also seen north korea pushed potentially you could describe it as pushed into a space where it sees um a favorable outcome as engaging with russia and selling arms to it. Um, the UN administration has not been able to do anything to coax North Korea out of doing that. It's not been able to compel North Korea from doing that. So, I mean, I don't see... I I, think, I don't see how this is a success and I, I think the people we surveyed really don't. You know, only three, three people of 106 said they thought it was a successful policy and two of them live in Washington DC, which I found very interesting. <laughs> uh,
0: what about... Uh, how the U.S. has handled North Korea as well. And what do you think the future of a North Korea-U.S. relationship looks like? Is there any chance, you think, of Kim Jong-un uh, opening up to any sort of future diplomacy with the U.S.? Well, also,
4: I'd say U.S. policy has been a, a, a failure. Um, but if Trump wasn't to have been reelected, elected uh, I I don't think the Biden administration probably could have had much more than failure because Kim Jong-un was so burnt following the Hanoi summit. It would take serious shifts in US policy that I think the Biden administration would never consider if they wanted to get dialogue continuing with Kim Jong-un. I think the North were willing to wait for the US policy review a few years ago. And then what they saw was talks at any time, i.e. it's not, a serious approach in terms of the latter part of your question i think we you know the the key thing is will donald trump be re-elected uh later this year if he is how likely are the north koreans to respond to offers of further summits um that we asked this in the survey as well and there was a lot of uh belief that there would be skepticism by kim jong-un and limited interest um but probably they'd be they'd be willing to listen um, and see if Washington is willing to uh, create some kind of new offer or new calculation. You may remember that language from the uh, t- fallout of the Hanói summit. The North Koreans were hoping that Trump would offer a new calculation on inter- on US DPRK policy. So we'll see.
0: Right. So it perhaps rides on the results of the US elections in November. So if we take the situation where currently North Korea is further distancing itself from South Korea and the US and is leading to tensions riding and potentially a dangerous situation as well, is there anything that South Korea and the US can do right now, do you think? Is there anything that South Korea and the US can do to influence Pyongyang and put it back on the path to resolving this stalemate in negotiations and and talks? And is there any will, do you think, for that to happen as well from any of the parties?
4: Well, fundamentally, I think it would take a really bold move um, either to uh, really force and try and compel North Korea to take a different path or to induce it to take a different path. Now, I think there could be, for example, very strident uh, information campaigns going into North Korea orchestrated by the South Koreans in the U.S., that um, could really have a negative effect on Kim Jong-un's reputation, for example. I don't think Washington or Seoul are are interested in taking a risk with something like that, but it probably would have an effect because you may remember when South Korean President Park Geun-hye was in power, all her administration had to do was turn on the loudspeakers at the border and the North Koreans came rushing, begging for those things to be turned off. So they're very anxious about information campaigns going into North Korea and it's a, an, an area that's not really utilized very much by um key stakeholders on the flip side uh what could coax North Korea to at least consider talks or um reinvigorating its relationship with Washington and Seoul it would have to be um you know a a, a conditions-free lifting of a significant portion of the sanctions regime at this point um, as a kind of gesture of goodwill to get things going but even then in that plenum we saw North Korea claim that their economy had increased 1.4 times uh, in 2023 uh, from 2020 which raises the question of do they even need sanctions relief, official sanctions relief because mm. it seems their economy if you take their word for it is doing very well well,
0: I guess it could be another long year in Korean Peninsula Affairs this year, and perhaps we need to uh, brace for the worst as well, considering some of the things that we mentioned today. Uh, perhaps a rather ominous start to the year, uh, but hopefully it doesn't come to that. Uh, but Mr Carroll, we appreciate you taking the time to speak to us today on this and stopping by. We'll have to leave it there. We'll be speaking to Chad O'Carroll, founder of NK News. Thank you once again. Thank you very much.
5: Welcome to the Korea 24 Stock and Forex Update.
1: The benchmark Korea Composite Stock Price Index gained 14.53 points, or 0.55% on Tuesday, closing the day at 2,669.81. The tech-heavy KOSDAQ also rose, gaining 12.36 points, or 1.43%, closing at 878.93. On the foreign exchange, the local currency weakened 12.4 won against the U.S. dollar, closing at 1,300.4 won.
5: You can check Korean stock and forex closings at world.kbs.co.kr.
0: Next up, it's Korea Trending, our daily segment where we take a look at some other news stories that have been trending online. And for that, we have with us in the studio contributor Diane Yu. Diane, hello and happy new year.
2: Hello, Tago, Happy new year to you.
0: Yes, it's great to see you again. Mm. Okay, so what do you have for us today for our first career trending of the year?
2: When the clock strikes midnight on New Year's Eve, we all expect some kind of spectacle to happen, like fireworks or a ball drop or a drone show. Mm. That's what was supposed to happen over in the southern port city of Busan on Sunday. To welcome 2024, about 100,000 people gathered at Busan's Gwangalli Beach for a countdown drone show, which was originally scheduled to be held around midnight on the 1st. However, the show was abruptly canceled due to some technical errors.
0: Yes, this was a much promoted event to celebrate the new year. Even the rehearsal footage of a giant blue dragon mm. flying through the air had gone viral. So right. people were anticipating a special event, right?
2: Yeah, so the Gwang Marvelous Drone Light Show was the talk of the town, as about 2,000 drones were supposed to be illuminating the sky. According to the police and Suyang District, the local government hosting the event, people from all parts of Korea, as well as foreign visitors, came to the area to watch the show. In a video posted on social media, by a citizen at the scene the countdown started and everyone started to cheer and shout two, one, three two one zero but nothing happened the problem was that there was no announcement made after the silence leaving people confused and only after 30 minutes passed the host came out and apologized saying that the drone show had been cancelled
0: Yes, that is definitely not the way you want to start the new year with Mm. a big disappointment. And it's rather shocking that it took them 30 minutes for someone to come out and announce that the show wasn't Mm. happening. Did the district make any official statement after the cancellation?
2: So Sooyoung District Office later posted a notice on their website expressing their deepest apologies to all the visitors who came for the show and waited hours for the countdown in the cold weather and explained that the show had to be cancelled due to an unexpected communication failure that occurred while preparing for the performance. In the end, the district resumed the drone show at 7.20 p.m. on Monday evening, gathering about 30,000 people, but that was postponed for about 17 minutes again due to another technical difficulty.
0: Yes. So the failures were apparently due to the fact that so many people turned up and therefore it caused network Mm. connectivity problems. Yeah. You would have thought that the organisers would have made contingencies for Mm. such a situation, but uh, apparently not. As you said, there were people from all over the country who came, including uh, from Jeju Island. They came especially for the show and some had been waiting for several hours Mm. as well at the cold beach to get the best seats to view the show. Yeah. It certainly wasn't the memory that they would have uh, wanted to start the year off with. We certainly hope that things go better for them <laughs> for the rest of the year. Right. Uh, let's move on to our next story. What do you have for us?
2: A nation's flag holds significance as it creates an identity for a nation and its people. So it's important to use the correct one, especially when delivering news. However, the French news broadcaster LaChen Info, LCI, sparked controversy by using an incorrect image of Teguki, the national flag of Korea, while reporting on inter-Korean relations on Sunday local time. LCI is regarded as one of the most-watched news networks in France.
0: Okay, so can you walk us through the incident? What flag did they use?
2: The news showed reported uh, North uh, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un's remarks during the plenary meeting of the Central Committee of the Workers' Party of Korea at around 2.37 p.m. local time on Sunday. In this process, an image of the South Korean flag with a red circle that looked like a part of the Japanese flag was used instead of the Taeguk symbol. You see, a normal Taeguk symbol should have a mix of blue and red, with red on the top and blue at the bottom, which symbolizes cosmic balance. Except for the four black trigrams, collectively called Kamni, placed in each corner of the flag, it looked like a Japanese flag.
0: Yes, the image of the Japanese flag being mixed with the Korean flag will have been triggering for many here in Korea, considering the history of the two nations.
2: Right. This broadcasting incident was captured and spread to various online communities in Korea where people demanded the news channel to post an official apology. However, no apology has been given as of yet, and a video of this specific segment was posted online, gathering more than 120,000 views. And regarding this incident, an official from Korea's Ministry of Foreign Affairs stated on Tuesday that the Ministry of advised the local Korean embassy to get to the bottom of the incident by contacting the broadcasting company and instructed them to take necessary measures, including requesting modifications and promising to prevent recurrence in the future.
0: Right. It's bizarre because it's a very unusual flag. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it before. Right, right. I'm very curious to find out how... It happened because a simple Mm. search online would have brought uh, the correct Korean flag. Exactly. uh, Obviously, Uh, there's been no explanation so far from the broadcast, understand, but we'll see if they do offer up any explanation or Mm. not. Let's continue on to our final story of the day. What do you have for us?
2: We've discussed several times on our show that tickets to famous singers' concerts and shows being resold at a high premium has been one of the serious social issues in Korea. And recently, one of South Korea's iconic singer-songwriters Bom joon canceled his concert to fight against the reselling problem. The 34-year-old musician said in a notice on his YouTube channel on Monday afternoon that he has decided to cancel all concerts due to ticket scalpers.
0: Wow, so he's taken very drastic steps indeed. Right. It's unfortunate that this seems to be the only way for the singer and his company to deal with this issue then.
2: Right, Chang was originally scheduled to hold a total of 10 small performances every Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday from this week to February 1st, with only 50 audience members allowed per performance. However, it's said that Chang had trouble dealing with rampant ticket scalping right after the sales began. Before announcing the cancellation of his concert, Chang complained through a notice online saying that the ticket reselling is still a huge problem. How much were they reselling the tickets for? Among the sellers, there were those who demanded nearly three times the regular price for tickets. The original price for one ticket for the concert was 55001 about $42. But tickets were sold at around three times the price, 150001 or over $115.
0: That is indeed an extortionate markup. But mm. uh, part of the issue dealing with the reselling problem is that there will always be fans willing to pay extra to see their favourite artists. Yeah. That is, unless the artists themselves do something about it. And there was indeed an artist recently who tried to solve this reselling problem with a clever method, right?
2: Exactly. Singer Song sik came up with a clever scheme to encourage fans to purchase regular price tickets instead of scalp tickets. The singer held his year-end concert last week, which was considered the most popular among the year-end concerts, making the said issue even more severe. In order to combat that problem, the ticket sales company decided to hold an on-site ticket sale where where only one ticket could be purchased per person for leftover tickets. So simply put, if fans didn't buy the tickets through resellers, there would be leftover tickets cancelled by scappers, increasing the number of tickets sold on-site for the fans.
0: I see. So it's uh, encouraging to see that artists are trying to tackle this problem as well. Perhaps yeah. this is a solution that Bom jun can take up as well for mm. his future concerts. But still, there are growing calls for something more uh, radical to be done as well. Hopefully, we'll have better news on that front this year. Right. Let's wrap it up there for Korea Trending. Thank you for bringing us those stories, Diane, and we'll see you again next time. See you next time. South Korean Professional Volleyball League, known as the V League, is currently in full swing. In the men's division, Seoul Uri card Uri 1 is performing outstandingly, finishing in first place in the first half of the season for the first time in the franchise's history. Now Uri is setting their sights on the championship. A pivotal figure in the club's stellar performance is its Slovenian opposite spiker Matei Kirk. He won MVP in the third round of the league and stands as a formidable force on the court and I'm delighted to say that he joins us via video call for this week's Touch Base in Seoul to tell us more about his journey to Korea and the great season he and Udi are having at the moment. Mr Kirk, hello and welcome to the show.
3: Hello, thank you for inviting me.
0: So yes, let's start with the fact that you were named MVP of the third round in South Korea's V-League. A testament to how well you've done since you've come to Korea. Tell us,
3: how did it feel? What went through your mind when you heard the news? No, it was, uh, it was great news. I felt really happy. Um, since starting here in Korea, a lot of things happened. My start here maybe was not the best, but I'm improving. And uh, in this third round, I uh, played my best games, so I'm really happy that my uh, performance improved when it was important. Um, but yeah, it's really a really great uh, achievement. The competition is high, a lot of good players here, and I'm happy that I achieved this. What do you think helps turn things around for you? You said it was a, a tough
0: start, but as you said, you've won MVP for the third round now. How
3: have things changed? Um, since last year, since this year, the difference for me was I was playing more on the left side as outside hitter. This year, first time, primarily on the opposite. Uh, so I needed some time to adjust to the right side and. With um, tips from the head coach, Mr Sheen, Uh, I improved my game and I'm still improving and I hope I will do in the future also.
0: Yes, this is your first season in the V-League, but I understand that you've played in various countries in Europe, Slovenia, Poland and Austria before coming to Korea. Can you... Tell us, tell our listeners about your career so far and what made you decide to come to Korea? Because I imagine that would have been a big decision.
3: Yes, yeah, true. I uh, played uh, mostly for Slovenian champion, Aceh Havoli. Um, with the Aceh Havoli club, we also played in the Champions League. So the, there were a lot of hard games and... Uh, I did not see um, a reason to change summer to Europe, um, since Mitya Gasparini was playing in Korea. The Korean league gained a lot of recognition in uh, Slovenia, and uh, of course, I was—I uh, didn't uh, how to say—I just applied for the for the draft. Uh, it was my goal, my wish uh, to be here, to enjoy, to. Um, enjoy all of these experiences. I talked with Mitya and he said, Oh, I really love this. The life and the league is great. Uh, it's a really nice experience. So I was successful and, uh, and now I'm, I'm here.
0: Right. So you knew about the league here before uh, you started, you were familiar with it. What was it like when you actually came to Korea and started playing in it? Uh, how perhaps was it different from what you thought?
3: Yeah, true. Sure. It's not uh, quite like I imagined. Uh, it's true that we knew some things uh, about Korean volleyball league, but uh, they are not broadcast in Europe, so we did not see a lot of uh, matches. More than more, just uh, some information um, and news from it. Um, I was I was amazed uh, at technical level of the players here. Um, of course, um, their first how to say first thing that people see, the Korean players are lower are not so high as uh, they are in Europe, but their technical knowledge of the volleyball is amazing. The coaches on the practice, uh, they really uh, try to improve every element, I think a lot more than in Europe, European practice. Um, so I like it. So far, a lot. Right, so it's more technical than
0: physical, you're saying. Is that perhaps one of the reasons you found it tough at the beginning? You said it was uh, tough at the start. Why was that, do you think?
3: Yes, maybe. Maybe. Um, in Europe, a lot of things you can uh, solve with the height and the power, but um, you also need te- te- technical skills. Uh, not that here are not uh, powerful and jump jumping players, they also are, but uh, I would really say that technical levels technical level of the players here is uh, maybe better than I expected
0: right, but you feel you 've adjusted and acclimatized to that now
3: yes i think I think I improved my a lot my elements in the volleyball, I understand the theory behind mm. the elements more. Yeah. i say that in europe we do uh, we play volleyball more on the feeling uh, every player develop uh, his rhythm his feeling and do the element how he wants but here is a uh, theory behind it and every player is really similar and i like it that's really interesting. Uh, but it seems like, as we said, you've
0: acclimatized well. You're playing very well at the moment. So were there any other challenges that you had to uh, go through as you joined Udi? For example, any uh, language barriers or any kind of culture clashes, anything like that?
3: Um, the language is still a big barrier. Um, of course, I have excellent translator here at the club, uh, but uh, I cannot talk directly with the, with the players. So I'm missing this uh, personal touch. Uh, I don't understand them completely uh, as, a, as a person if we would be speaking in the same language. Mm. Um, for sure, I uh, then connect more with the players who speak more English. Uh, I would say the the timing of the practices here is a little bit different. The afternoon uh, rest is shorter here. So I needed a lot of time to adjust to this. Um, but the level of, uh, how to say, of the practice, of the preparation here, of, of everything, of the organisation of the club here and on the league is really on the highest level.
0: Right. So how have you perhaps overcome some of those uh, language barrier
3: difficulties? Who are you close with in the team? Uh, We also have uh, another foreigner from Japan, Issei Otake. He played in Germany and he was forced to learn English, so he was the first that I connected to. Mm. Uh, Mm. And then there are some older players who know English very well, some younger. And then we try to find the word we understand and uh, somehow find a conversation it's more there are more conversations than the real ones sure but still
0: it seems like the teamwork is working well and you guys are on a great run uh considering how well the team has done in the first half is the championship title now the goal for you guys
3: uh, uh, i don't like to think about the championship about the finals right now i just think that our way, we at the end of the season, they say it affected us and we went round by round, game by game, practice by practice, really focused on ourselves, really sacrifice, working hard. Um, we don't have any big names, everyone is working hard, uh, no one is just, oh, I don't need to work hard, I'm good enough. Uh, I'm sure that if we continue this way... Um, Everything is possible, but this will depend, this will um, demand from us another level of uh, hard work uh, to achieve the the biggest achievement, of probably most of these uh, players here. I don't know sure. how many got mm. the championship before. Sure.
0: What will you and the team be working on, do you think, for the rest of the season to try and uh, go for that goal? Uh, how do you think what areas do you think you need to perhaps work on
3: uh, After every game, we have a team meeting, and our head coach, Mr. Sheen uh, points out the elements for every player that uh, he should work on, so every player all the time uh, know the the elements he's lacking skills um, personally as and as a team uh, every element should be better. Um, because we really have a higher potential. We just said on the meeting that uh, every player can do even better that, uh, than now. So uh, we have plan already set.
0: Sure. Well, we wish you luck for the rest of the season. Uh, any words? final words you'd like to say to the fans?
3: Uh, thank you for supporting us. Uh, we will try to do our best and... Uh, Fight on every game, uh, fight, for work hard on every practice to show you the good performance. Uh, and really thank you again for uh, the our home stadium and coming to away games to support us.
0: Well, congratulations once again on winning the third round MVP. We've been speaking to Matej Kuk of Seoul, Uri Udi Uriwan. Thank you once again for your time today.
3: Thank you. We are Boy Squire Bonipueri and you are now listening to
4: Korea 24
0: Now to morning edition preview, our closing segment where we take a look at some interesting features or reports coming out in tomorrow's newspapers, namely the Cura Times and the Cura Herald. And for that, we have joining us in the studio our staff
5: editor, Richard Larkin. Richard, hello and happy new year! Hello, happy new year to you too. Okay, so what do you have for us first today? Well, we are now in 2024, and there are quite a few exciting things to look out for this year. There's the AFC Asian Cup for football fans, there are some big movies released like Dune 2 for uh, film fans. But today I'll be talking about something that will interest music fans. Lee Jung Yoon's article in the entertainment section of the Korea Herald talks about three legendary Korean solo acts who are going to make comebacks this year. Okay, interesting. So Some K-pop news then. Walk us through who these legendary acts are. So the first singer is Ayu. The singer-songwriter will be releasing her first new album in two years. She had actually been focusing on her acting career during that period. Mm. But she is currently working on a new album. The article mentions that she will head overseas this month to complete it. What we do now know is that a song made with V of BTS before he began his mandatory uh, military service was made. And the music video for that song has already been filmed. Mm. IU will also hold her first overseas concert in four years. We don't have details on where that will be, but it will uh, definitely be something for our listeners overseas to keep an eye out for.
0: Indeed. I'm sure the tickets for that will sell out fast as well. So yes, fans of IU will definitely need to keep
5: their eyes peeled for that. Uh, Who's the next singer? Next is G-Dragon. After he was cleared of illegal drug use allegations, the rapper left YG Entertainment and joined Galaxy Corporation. We talked about the agency's first press conference following the announcement on Korea Trend segment, I believe. During that uh, press conference, it was revealed that G-Dragon will make his comeback to the music scene while establishing an anti-drug foundation. No other details have been given, but for people who first discovered K-pop at a similar time as me, so when K-pop groups like 21, Girls' Generation and Big Bang were hugely popular, I'm sure they'll be interested to see what kind of music the rapper will release this year.
0: Definitely. He's a singer who's released various types of music over the years, from uh, rap to more typical K-pop to even Mm. slow and emotional tracks. It'll be interesting to see what type of music will come out this time and also what kind of reception he'll receive after all the headlines Mm. from last year as well Mm. and finally there's one more that you said that we need to mention
5: yeah the third is legendary singer cho young (laughs) pill the singer keeps on going he will be releasing his 20th full album this year to celebrate 56 years since his debut wow originally the album was meant to come out last year but it was delayed because cho and his team wanted to perfect it He had a very busy year in 2023. In April, he released his second preview album to this upcoming album. He also held two large concerts, one at Seoul Olympic Stadium, which was actually the stadium's last concert before it closed for renovation, and KSPO Dome. So yeah, some very exciting things to keep an eye out for this year.
0: Yeah, so something for everyone, it seems, coming out uh, this year uh, in the music scene. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay, let's uh, move on. What's the next article that you have for us?
5: I have chosen Pek byung Yo's article in the business section of the Korea Times. Apparently, Korea is on course to become the sixth country to build an inland scientific research base in Antarctica. An exploration team headed to the area last Sunday to see whether it can be the location for a new base. Yes, this sounds like some big news for scientific development in Korea. You said Korea could become the sixth.
0: Who are the others?
5: Sure. Currently, the United States, Russia, China, Japan, France and Italy operate stations there. France and Italy are actually operating a station together. So that's why they're the sixth. Korea is looking to build the sixth by 2032. But it can be a difficult process, according to the article, before making the decision on the location... The team will conduct research activities such as collecting environmental samples and installing meteorological observation equipment. This is so that they can predict what kind of environmental impact they will have when constructing the base. But they have experience with bases in this part of the world, Mm. right? So this is something that they already have an idea of. Sure. Korea has King Sejong Station and Jangbogo Station. King Sejong Station was built in 1988 and is located off the mainland of uh, Antarctica. Jangbogo Station was built on the Antarctic mainland coast in 2014. This food base will be used to research climate change and to develop new technologies specialised for polar regions.
0: Right, so this will be the third base in Antarctica, yes. technically, but yes. it will be the first inland in land, yes. one. Okay, so yes, an uh, uh, important development for South Korean science, it seems. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's we're going to wrap it up for today's Morning Edition preview. Richard, thank you for those stories, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. And that's why we wrap it up for our show today. Thank you for staying with us. We'll be back same time tomorrow, so we hope you can join us again then. I've been your host, Kwon jang and thank you, as always, for listening. Goodbye. KBS World Radio.